It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The New Orleans Saints just experienced their first injury of the 2023 season, and it's already got you wondering, can this team just stay healthy? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints. You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, all the everydayers out there making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a daily episode. And if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, as well as take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and get early access and insider information. You can uh, get all of that over at joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnSaints to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media. You can always find me as the senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. Every single Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, we get to our rookie watch, including Brian Brzee getting those first team reps. What did we see from Brian Brzee? We'll break that down as well as the rest of the drafted rookies. We're also going to take a look at Taysom Hill getting some quarterback reps in front of fans today while also updating you on that offensive line rotation and the defensive line rotation. But first, I just got to be honest. And maybe I'm overblowing it a little bit. If that's the case, I'm okay with it because I'd rather be wrong about this than right about this. But I'm having a little bit of trouble here trusting that this New Orleans Saints team is going to be able to stay healthy in 2023. We've already seen Andrews Pete deal with it. Excuse me. We've already seen Trevor Penning rather deal with a foot injury that kept him out for just a day of practice. So look, that was mostly probably precautionary, but kind of raises concerns for you. Although some of those concerns were a little bit alleviated on Friday when we saw him lead the way all the way down the field for Alvin Kamara on a big screen catch and run. So we only have one considerable injury that we've seen for this New Orleans Saints team. And to be fair, the Cincinnati Bengals are dealing with one with Joe Burrow. The Miami Dolphins are dealing with one with Jalen Ramsey. I completely get it. But for me, just knowing what this team has been through over the course of the past couple of years, You wanted to see them at least get through three days without a season-ending injury, and they weren't able to do that. Unfortunately, that's the truth for Trey Turner, the New Orleans native, St. Aug grad, LSU grad, and then New Orleans Saint for all of three days before, unfortunately, he suffered a torn uh, quadriceps injury in his, I believe it was his right leg, that ends his season before it even begins. Now, Look, the injury to a backup offensive lineman, although a very good backup offensive lineman, we're talking about a five-time pro bowler here. Let's not be dismissive of what Trey Turner could have meant to this team, but it's not the same as having your starting quarterback out for several weeks or something like that. I I understand that. I get it. 
But man, when it comes to injuries on this team, the team just can't get away from them. And I can't imagine that the New Orleans Saints themselves are anything but frustrated when they see stuff like this. And I don't mean frustrated with the player, I mean frustrated with the circumstance, with the situation. And I'm not going to sit here and wax philosophical about how the New Orleans Saints need to take a look at their health staff and their conditioning approach and all these other things. We saw the injuries get better last year. They're, they're on the right side of this, but you just didn't want to see something this early setting the tone, setting the tempo. But you do have to wonder at some point if they need to start asking bigger questions about why these injuries continue to happen and why they're always seem to be the team that's dealing with all these. Now, we spoke with Mickey Loomis the day before training camp began, and Mickey Loomis said that they looked at all of their injuries, compared them across the rest of the NFL, and that they're not really suffering injuries at a greater pace than the average of the NFL, which I understand to be true. But man, you got to look at the fact that two years ago, you started a record number of starters on the field with, what was it, 58? There's not much you can do about dislocated toe injuries and lacerated kidneys and cluster headaches and all these other kind of weird things that the Saints dealt with last year. I understand that too. And they did control the soft tissue injuries, but here's a soft tissue injury. So now you have to wonder to yourself, which one of these things is the norm? Is the norm now that you you alleviated the soft tissue injuries? Or is the norm that you're still dealing with injuries, but you got lucky last year in evading some of those soft tissue injuries? Are they coming back this year? So it's just a little foreboding, I think is what it is. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I, looking at the team, looking at the organization, seeing how hard they've worked to try to curve this, and then seeing it happen to a guy just three days into his time with the Saints, you kind of have to ask the question. And you kind of have to be a little bit concerned and wonder, is this something that the Saints are about to see more of this season? Now, we could also chalk this up to, hey, look, Trey Turner wasn't with the team during mini camps. He wasn't with the team during OTAs. He didn't get all the conditioning stuff that happened during then. Maybe he was off doing it on his own, but he didn't have what the rest of the other teammates have. So that's the that's a separating factor in terms of the starting players, the players that have already been in the building, all that, that you're hoping kind of goes, okay, wait, that's the separator, right? So you hope that that's the case, but it's not like Trey Turner is somebody that showed up out of shape. It's not like Trey Turner is somebody that showed up and didn't know what was going on or what he was doing. He's very familiar with this team, with the scheme, the way that they like to play. He was in shape. He was ready to go. He was conditioned well, all of that. And then this happened. And it's at least not a field conditions injury, right? It wasn't, didn't sound like it was a situation where he was just running and then all of a sudden a cleat gets stuck or Sean Paytonism, he's wearing the wrong cleats, whatever. It wasn't that. It was that he got rolled up on by somebody. But that's the kind of luck that's caused the Saints trouble. In the past, that's what happened with Michael Thomas in the first injury back in 2020, that first week up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He got rolled up on in the, one of the final plays of the game. Trevor Penning against the Los Angeles Chargers in the preseason last year, rolled up on by an offensive lineman. We see it. We see it often. And so these are the things that you'd like to control. But we've seen a little bit of the improvement. So I'm trying to take the glimmer of hope. And you know me, I'm a silver lining guy. I'm an optimistic guy. But the Saints' inability to keep their players healthy or Saints' players' inability to be healthy or the bad luck that has struck Saints' players and the Saints' team because of injury, however you want to look at it, it's not great. It's not great. And it is, it, it's, it's concerning. 
And so hopefully, I mean, ideally this Trey Turner injury would have never happened, right? Like Trey deserved to be able to come back to his hometown, play football in front of, in the Superdome for his team, wearing the colors of the team that he was a part of and that he was, or rather that he was a fan of uh, when he was a kid, all of that. Saints have no control over that part. So the story stinks. It stinks. It's a a stinky turn to it. It could have been a really, really good story. But hopefully, because we're we're not even in chapter one yet, we're in the prelude, we're at the beginning of the book, we're in the acknowledgments, the rest of the chapters go really, really well for the New Orleans Saints when it comes to this injury situation. So if you're a Saints fan, cross your fingers, cross your fingers and hope that this all starts to trend in the right direction for New Orleans sooner rather than later. Coming up next, something that is trending in the right way, exactly what we expected when it came to Taysom Hill, who took quarterback snaps in front of all the fans today at training camp. How did he perform? What does it mean? And we'll also take a look at the offensive and defensive line rotations, as we always do with our morning episodes and our two-a-days. Got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Our friends over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you the best fantasy football advice every single week, all season long. So whether you're prepping for your draft or you're scouring the waiver wire, we're going to get you the guaranteed fit for your roster every single week. So with draft prep underway this upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked for us for this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week. If the top tier of quarterbacks are already off the board in your fantasy football drafts in 2023, there's another line of luxury passers or runners who are guaranteed to fit in your lineups every single week. And one of them is Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who started rolling out of the garage last season and is bound to jump into the fast lane this season. This time, on top of his outstanding rushing total, Fields can deliver improved stats through the air with DJ Moore leading the Chicago Bears wide receiver core. Vinny Iyer of Locked On Fantasy Football is here to help you win your fantasy football leagues. And eBay Motors knows that winning a championship is all about players being the perfect fit. And the same goes with your vehicle. With eBay's guaranteed fit in over 122 million parts and accessories at your fingertips, you can make sure that you're running, that your car is running smoothly, whether it's air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure that it's the right fit for your car because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you find exactly the part that you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and don't worry about sweating if your ride just needs a little fixing up because now you know that you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay's guaranteed fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For all the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, all at the right price at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Big thank you again to all the everydayers out there making us your first listen of the day every day. Appreciate you very, very much for joining us uh, as we are two a days roll along. Hope you all are enjoying these lots of information. So I love being able to do a pair of shows a day to make sure that I'm getting you everything, even on a Saturday like this. Let's get it. All right. So let's take a look at uh, for Friday. Uh, Taysom Hill took some quarterback snaps 
And it just kind of goes along with what we've been sort of saying about Taysom Hill throughout the big, like the entire offseason so far, right? That he was just kind of ate my, ate my words a little bit there, but, um, that, you know, like he's, he's going to continue to do that. Like that's, that's not going to go away from, uh, his, that's not going to disappear from his regimen or anything like that. Excuse me. It's not going to go away from his regimen or anything like that. It's not going to all of a sudden be a part of what, um, you know, that he's all of a sudden not taking quarterback snaps and all these other things. Like, yeah, of course he's going to do that. And, you know, the Saints got got some looks at him and stuff like that in, in those situations. So he participated in routes on air, seven on sevens, as well as team drills. And seven on sevens, he went one of two, uh, completing a pass to Rashid Shahid with one of the linebackers in coverage. Then he also had a pass that he threw to Jesse James down the seam that was a little bit overthrown. So Jesse James wasn't able to get a hold of it. But hey, Tight end seam route is back in the house. Hello, nurse. You love seeing that. Uh, we saw a nice play. Um, oh, we saw him then during team drills. Didn't throw a pass during team drills, funny enough, but he did um, have a couple of keepers where so he ran. He had one of them that went out to the outside, which Ugo Amadi was fantastic. He actually was in position a few times. This is the safety that the Saints signed, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks. He's a good slot corner. He's a good safety. He's a great special teamer. And he... Uh, was in perfect position to stop a run that was going to the left with Taysom Hill. Uh, Taysom also had a keeper over to the right at one point as well. And then later on, uh, checking to see if he did the second uh, set of team drills. I don't believe he did. No, he only did the first set of team drills, but it was good. It was good to see him out there. And it was good to see that they were still, they were already sort of implementing some of the run situations and things like that, that he can get involved, get involved in in addition to having him throw a couple of passes during those seven on seven. So I expect that we'll continue to see that throughout the uh, training camp period, throughout the you know the rest of training camp and things like that, because there is some value, of course, in seeing that for sure. And, and when Taysom did take those team reps, by the way, he took those team reps with the second team. So uh, even though he didn't attempt to pass, that was a good run package opportunity a practice for that second team. I wouldn't be surprised to see them eventually mix Taysom into first team so that the first team offensive line and the first team real receivers and skill position players can practice some of those Taysom Hill keepers, those RPOs and things like that uh, as well. So a couple of good, good stuff from there. But I mean, one of the other things that you saw was that good play by Ugo Amati. All right, let's take a look at uh, the rotation for the offensive and defensive line. I'm mostly focused on the offensive line first and second team, and then it focused on the defensive line making it shift in the middle of first team. So we saw a lot of changing all throughout. So first team was kind of the first set of starters there with Derek Carr, but then you saw players switch out with Derek Carr as well. It's one of the reasons why I called him my camp MVP for the day is because of his comfort navigating all of those different, like the versatility, the players playing in multiple positions, players coming in and out of the lineup, all that. So your starting offensive line, keep in mind that both Ryan Ramchek and Cesar Ruiz were not at practice today for a previously planned absence. This is a part of their ramp up. Ryan Ramchek's going to get days off. We know Ryan Ramchek's okay. He spoke with us yesterday or with us on uh, Thursday. That's how days work. Thursday uh, after practice as a part of media availability. Then he wasn't there on Friday. You know that it's not a big deal. Cesar Ruiz while all the players are running sort of those gassers at the end of practice, including, by the way, Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen's been running those gassers with the team, getting out there and getting that done uh, with him. He was apparently challenged by Marshawn Lattimore to do that. So he went out there and uh, he's beaten some of the offensive line that's out there. So he's doing a great job. Um, but while they were running those gassers on Thursday, 
Cesar Ruiz and Nick Saldaveri, I believe it were, I believe it was. Both of them were over on the bikes instead of running the gassers. So this is all a part of like the ramp up, ramp up related, you know, decision making and stuff like that. We're just trying to keep these guys healthy and prolong their ability here. Uh, so offensive line wise, we saw uh, Trevor Penning get the start at left tackle. We saw Andrus Pete at uh, left guard, uh, Eric McCoy, of course, at center. And then with Cesar Ruiz out, we saw Calvin Throckmorton at right guard. And then with um, with Ryan Ramchick out, we saw Storm Norton at right tackle. You have to believe that were it not for Trey Turner's injury, which happened during the individual drills before seven on sevens, before team, which obviously the offensive line isn't involved in seven on sevens, but you know what I'm getting at here, um, that Trey Turner probably would have been the next guy up behind Cesar Ruiz. And so it just opened the door again for Calvin Throckmorton. And so the more reps that Calvin Throckmorton gets, the better, because the more comfortable he'll get, especially with the cadence of the quarterback, all those other things. That kind of was the issue last year with Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, didn't get a lot of time with those guys and then was kind of thrust into those positions and they struggled a lot pre-snap. And that wasn't just on Calvin Throckmorton, but it was on the entire offense. Um, on the defensive side, we saw a little bit of a shift. It was the usual offensive line that we would usually expect where it, was, um, uh, it wasn't Cam, but it was Tana Passanio and, 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 and Carl Granderson, although we saw Cam rotate in as well. And then, of course, um, Nathan Shepard and uh, Colin Saunders. But then we saw, not, not long after, Brian Brzee rotate in next to Colin Saunders. And then after that, we saw the both of them come out and then Malcolm Roach and Nathan Shepard working together. So we did get to see Brian Brzee playing some of those first team reps and he looked good. Um, it, you know, the, the plays that I saw him in uh, with the offensive line were a lot of run plays. And so he was in position. He wasn't getting moved off of his mark. He wasn't getting bullied upfield or anything like that. Like he's a strong player and he's showing you that he can get some stuff done in terms of the run game. Now the next piece is like, can you, can he finish the tackles? Can he, can he bring the players down? Can he do all that stuff? That, that will be the next stuff that just kind of has to happen in game, uh, particularly during the preseason, maybe some contact stuff during practice, but you're not going to see a lot of that. Um, but it was good. It was good nonetheless to just see him in there and then see him positively impacting uh, and, and feeling pretty comfortable. We'll, we'll circle back over to Brian Brzee uh, here in a moment. Um, for the second team offensive line, we saw um, Landon Young at left tackle, Nick Saldaveri getting in at left guard. So remember, a lot of uh, his previous stuff during minicamps at OTAs, he was playing at right guard. Now we're seeing him at, right, at left guard. So we're seeing Nick Saldaveri move around. More on that a little bit later. And then the usual suspects in terms of what you saw um, in coming in is Max Garcia at center. You saw Calvin Throckmorton at right guard, and then you saw Storm Norton at right tackle. So those guys all getting lots of reps and lots of opportunities with starting quarterback Derek Carr. There's some value there. One other rotational thing at the beginning of ones, we got to see, um, Marshawn Lattimore and Paul Sinadibo on the outside. Paul Sinadibo and Alante Taylor kind of rotated a little bit toward the end of practice. We got to see Alante Taylor with the third team getting some of those slot reps. So he is still getting some of those opportunities in the slot, but he's going to need to get more than a couple in order to really start to establish some development there. Uh, looking at the rest of the day, uh, that was pretty much your starting offensive line each time that they went through. Uh, so nothing super, super um, big changed throughout the day, but you got to wonder if maybe Trey Turner was going to get greater opportunity uh, when he got into, you know, before that injury and all that. But nonetheless, 
That's your uh, rotation on your offensive and defensive line. Not a lot shifting, not a lot changing, but it is good to see Nick Saldaveri getting some of those left guard reps, just like he got those right guard reps earlier in the offseason. So coming up next, we're going to circle from that all the way over to all of the drafted rookies because we got notes on every single one. So let's get to rookie watch day three. Next up, as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's get it. Who that nation wrap it up today's episode of locked on Saints with our rookie watch. So we're going to take a look at all of the drafted rookies and how they stood out. And this time instead of me breaking them up into categories in terms of who stood out, who was present and didn't really catch the eye. And then who kind of maybe downplayed a little bit. I'm going to tell you why each each player stood out because um, I just went in with a concerted effort of find a good note about each and every one of these guys. So let's just start from round one and then we'll work our way through round one with Brian Brzee, as I mentioned, moved into some first team reps today playing uh, in the uh, four man front. Remember during OTAs, we saw Brian Brzee getting some play with the first team, but it was mostly the three man front. So now we're starting to see it with the sort of base look, and that's a good thing. And him being lined up next to Colin Saunders in particular is is particularly interesting to me because when you have these two good edge rushers to either side and Carl Granderson and Peyton Turner or Tono Passanio and, uh, and, and Cam Jordan, whatever it is, you want to be able to be disruptive up the middle because then that opens up the opportunity for these guys to be able to win on the edge. And we're seeing a lot of that over the course of this. And Brian Brzee's play strength just continues to show up and it continues to pop off the page. He got in good position over and over again and in run plays and things like that. That's exactly what you want to see from him. That's where he needed to develop. That's where he needs to prove that he's ready to be an every down defensive tackle. In order for you to be able to prove that, you have to be able to be viable in the run game. You can't just be a pass rusher as an interior defender. That makes you a third down guy. But if you want to be a third, you know, a first, second, third, fourth down guy, you got to be able to show that you can be on the field first and second down, which will be in those run situations or a third and short when you're being trusted to go out there and make a big stop or a fourth and short where you're not only trusted to make a big stop, but you're trusted to get the ball back to your offense. Got to be able to show you're a good run defender. He's working into that. Isaiah Foskey watched him on a couple of reps. Didn't really win any reps outright, but never really lost any reps either. It was a lot of stalemates and stuff like that. I think what you're waiting for Isaiah Foskey to start to build a little bit more confidence in is counter moves. And so he'll have a first move when he goes into the rush. But then if that gets, if that doesn't get him through, then, then the rep kind of just falls off and, and he'll keep pushing and he'll keep trying to, but it's not another move, right? It's not like I was talking, you know, highlighting uh, Peyton Turner who will, you know, kind of start with a speed rush around the outside, but then counter and then come in with a stab and then a, and then a swim to get over the inside shoulder of the, of the pass blocker because he's opened that pass blocker up to the outside with that first initial burst, those types of things. If that swim move doesn't work, then what's your next move? That's, that's what creates these elite pass rushers. So that's what you want to see a little bit more of from Isaiah Foskey. Not just the pass rush plan, but that pass rush plan has to consider 
What happens if I don't win with my first move? What's my next move? How do I chain those together? And look, he doesn't look lost. He looks like he's got great control of his body. He's not consistently on the ground every rep, which we saw from Marcus Davenport quite often. So you're seeing a lot more control. You're seeing a lot more fit. You're seeing a lot more of what it is that Isaiah Foskey can do. I think it's just got to be reps now, right? Building those reps, building those counters and getting more confident in those moves. Um, now we'll go to the third round. That would be Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller, a uh, couple of good runs today. Uh, they continue to kind of feed him in that way, but they also continue to get him involved in the passing game and not just with the second or third team offense. He's working into the first team as well. And so he's getting some of these passing opportunities, he's getting some of these play action opportunities. He's getting some of these other shots to be able to, uh, to get all that done. And that also includes running some of those kind of RPOs or those options, if you will, with or zone reads rather with Taysom Hill. So he's getting a lot of experience, but I think the place that you're really seeing him impressed so far is as a pass catcher. And that's no surprise. He's been learning a lot from Alvin Kamara, having a lot of conversation with Alvin Kamara, but we knew that that was something he was going to be able to do, but it's great to see it come to fruition out on the training camp field. Let's go to the fourth round. First fourth round selection in Nick Saldaveri. As we mentioned, he got to play some left guard today. I think continuing to get some of those reps on right guard and left guard and continuing to build up that versatility is going to be really good especially with Trey Turner now done for the rest of the season. Will the Saints go outside of the organization or outside of the facility to bring in another right guard or guard rather? Or does a guy like Nick Saldaveri just now get a boosted opportunity to show, hey, here's what I can do for you along with Calvin Throckmorton. So it's going to be interesting how that dynamic pans out, but it's good to see that. We'll evaluate them a little bit further on the offensive line on Monday or after Monday's practice when the pads come on. But right now you're seeing some good stuff. He doesn't look lost. He's not false starting all over the place or anything like that. Understanding the snap count, understanding the scheme, looking comfortable, all those pieces. And then again, working himself into some meaningful reps at multiple positions, which is great. The other fourth round pick, Jake Hayner, looked really good today. And, and we've seen this over and over again. My, the thing that I love about Jake Hayner right now is that he has been so decisive, so decisive. He doesn't hold on to the ball. And when he gets the ball out, he gets the ball out. It's got some zip to it. It's not what we've seen from other drafted quarterbacks in New Orleans in the past. Uh, and that goes for multiple guys, multiple names, um, to where there's like a timidness or a need to run and scramble and stuff like that. We saw Derek Carr take off with a scramble. We've seen Jake Hayner take off with a scramble, but his first read is downfield. It's not, where do I run? Where do I go to get away from the pressure? All of that. Um in his third set of team reps, he had a uh, he had a couple of incompletions go back to back, but then he immediately had a um, had a big completion to uh, Lynn Bowden. He had another nice completion over to Ellis Merriweather. Uh, he was able to connect with uh, Brian Edwards, which was really fantastic ball placement on that one. So there's some really nice things that you've seen from him. I continue to talk about his ball placement but I think his confidence is up big time as well. And he would have had a huge gain on a seven on seven rep that he threw to uh, Lynn Bowden that was down the left sideline, would have been a touchdown pretty easily. So I do really enjoy what we have seen so far from Jake Hayner. And I think that he's making some big steps. I'm not ready to come out here and say he's going to be the Saints next starting quarterback after Derek Carr, but he's he, sh he is providing all of these players with Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, and Jake Hayner all making NFL throws for players that are trying to make rosters. I think that's important, and that's going to be big during the preseason. Jordan Howden, watch him play all over the defensive uh, formation. Watch him play single high, watch him play split safety, watch him play down in the box. 
that's going to be his thing. And we've seen him do a lot of uh, special teams work as well. Those are going to be his his paths to the roster. He's filling all of that out. Um, no big catches for A.T. Perry just yet. Still waiting on those. Um, and he's getting some opportunities, but hasn't been able to cash in on anything just yet. But what is also nice to see is that he's getting some gunner work. He's getting some coverage work. He's doing a lot of special team stuff as well. So if that ends up being the sort of the, uh, I don't know, the last, I don't want to say last straw, because that makes it sound like it's a frustrating thing. But, you know, if that ends up being the thing that puts it over the top to where he makes the roster, then so be it, right? Special teams, let him get on the roster. And special teams, let him do the thing that Emmanuel Butler couldn't do because he's doing the thing that Emmanuel Butler couldn't do. But you still want to see A.T. Perry become a little bit more uh, of a focus for the offense. We're not seeing that just yet. But again, we're only three practices in. Maybe as we continue to move forward and really one-on-ones, I think once one-on-ones become a thing, if he can win some of those reps, that builds a lot of confidence, even though everything is completely weighted towards the receiver in one-on-ones, still it builds confidence for him. So I'm really, really interested to see where A.T. Perry goes after one-on-ones, especially if he's successful in that environment. Then does he start getting, do we start seeing bigger things from him in those team and seven-on-seven opportunities? All right, that's all of our news and notes from practice today. You're all caught up. If you're still missing some stuff and you didn't catch the live episode from yesterday, that's the rest of the news and notes from practice. Uh, I do want to mention that Michael Thomas was out there for over an hour, still signing autographs after everybody had already left. You can see a a video of it over on the Saints official X page um, and other social media platforms. Really cool uh, to just see him out there doing that. Like This is a guy that a lot of people accuse of not wanting to be a part of the organization anymore, not wanting to be in New Orleans anymore. And he just continues to prove otherwise over and over and over again. So shout out to Mike uh, for being there for, for the fan base. Appreciate y'all as always. We'll be live later on today after New Orleans Saints practice, probably a little bit earlier than usual, but probably maybe around like the five central time, 530 central time, somewhere around there. So we'll have that for you uh, to get you all caught up for the last day of practice before the first day off on Sunday. And then we're right back at it on Monday. Appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day for making us a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi, especially if you're out at practice today. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're in them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.